Hi, and welcome to the Let's Talk Healthy Pets podcast. I'm Dr. Karen Becker, Dr. Mercola's Chief Wellness Veterinary Consultant, and I'm excited to share with you the latest news about pet health to guide you in keeping your animal companions healthy, comfortable, and happy throughout their lives. My goal as a proactive vet is to empower pet owners to make knowledgeable decisions to extend the lifespan and well-being of their animals. If you're looking for more pet health tips, you can also subscribe to my free daily newsletter at healthypets.mercola.com. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy today's podcast. Hi, I'm Dr. Karen Becker, and I'm so thankful that Kara has nominated Dr. John Fudens for a Game Changer Award. And Dr. John is joining me today so that we can chat about the amazing work that he has done and continues to do for the animal kingdom. Thank you, John, for joining me and congratulations on your Game Changer Award. Thank you very much. So nice to connect with you this way. For our listeners and readers that may not be familiar with all that you're doing, if you would back up and maybe start from the beginning about how you were first inspired to even want to work with animals, that's a good place to start. Okay. Uh, I can be very verbose, okay? So if I, go <laughs> over, if I go over my time limit, just shut me down, okay? Or rein me in, uh, Karen, uh, uh, of course. Originally from Queens, New York, and I knew at the very early stages that I was going to be a veterinarian. So two years at the University of Dubuque, Iowa, pre-med, four years at the State Veterinary College at Cornell, I graduated and became one. First two years, I was a large animal vet in upstate New York. I went back to Long Island four years in a small animal practice, and then I went out on my own. And I built the Oakdale Animal Hospital on the South Shore of Suffolk County, Long Island. My first epiphany was in the 72, when I trained and studied in acupuncture and applied it to my hospital with amazing results. And I also was a founding member of the International Veterinary Acupuncture Society. From there, I went into Eastern Western herbs, glandulars, vitamins and minerals, raw diet, dowsing with a pendulum, kinesiology, acupressure, chiropractic, magnetism, electromagnetism. And I was a founding man- member of the American Holistic Veterinary Medi- uh, Medical Association. In 8081, I got into radionics and homeopathy, and I knew from that point on that I was not going to stay as a veterinarian. Mm. So in October of 89, I sold the practice, moved to Florida. And in 91, I opened up the Affinity Holistic Clinic in Florida, the first of its kind. I gave back my licenses to practice veterinary medicine in New York and Florida. And then, of course, my legal problems rolled right into the door. Mm. Veterinary medicine attacked me. The state attacked me. And in October of 94, I was arrested and charged with the felony of practicing veterinary medicine without a license. In November of 95, we went to a jury trial in the district court and after 15 minutes, the jury found me not guilty of the charge. The first of its kind to have done that. From that point on, I developed in Florida a local statewide and long distance consulting practice with animals. And then I started getting lots of calls to treat babies and children and adults because I wasn't a veterinarian anymore, which I did. But I've always looked at Idaho as eventually I wanted to settle there because basically I'm a country boy rather than a state uh, city boy. So in 2012, I closed the office in Florida and I moved to Boise, which is the capital. 
I spent two years there and I got involved with a equine horse sanctuary mm. about eight hours north in Moscow. And I brought homeopathy to the sanctuary. I taught the owner how to treat the horses for their various chronic disease issues and uh, laid out formulas and plans for him and remedies. And I did that for a while. And then I wound up living at the sanctuary for two years, taking care of the horses daily and having my long distance consulting practice. Five years ago, I got a chance to move to Coeur d'Alene where I am right now. I still go down, take care of the horses They're 90 miles away. And I have a local and long distance consulting practice here for animals and, and people. I've worked with and studied and trained with Jeremy Shear, George Fotokas, Lou Klein, Isaiah Aga when he was alive, and Kim Aaliyah and Robin Murphy and all sorts of homeopaths to continue to sharpen my skills. Jeremy, Jeremy Shear is one of the great homeopaths on the planet. And he moved with his wife to Africa about maybe 12 years ago and he brought homeopathy to Africa treating people with AIDS and HIV. I have his treatment plan and his protocols and his remedies, not that I'm planning on treating AIDS and HIV, but I do have now the ability. And then last year when the COVID hit, he set up a series of monthly webinars with homeopaths around the world. And I have his treatment plan and his protocol and the remedies that homeopaths around the world have developed on treating uh, this COVID uh, infection and the various stages of it that make people so sick. In fact, there's one remedy I might mention that that is taken in the very, very early stages of you think you got COVID or the fluid, uh, the flu, it's aconitum nepalis, and it will abort the infection so you don't go into it. And I've used that with patients, and I've also treated COVID people uh, for the, the disease and the very aspects, and they're doing quite well with it. The problem that we're now running into worldwide as homeopaths is the dangers with these vaccines. And I don't know if you want to hear this, but I'm going to continue as long as you don't shut me down. The, there's many, there's millions of people getting sick from these vaccines and there's thousands that are dying. So Jeremy, the last year, set up a series of monthly webinars where homeopaths all over the world are connecting and we're coming up with treatment protocols as far as the damage from these vaccines and it's working quite well. And uh, Israel is one of the, the, the countries on the planet that's the most heavily vaccinated. And they've had hundreds of thousands of, of people get sick from the vaccine, thousands have died. And the homeopaths in Israel came up with a remedy that they're using and it's working very well in bringing the people out of the vaccine damage. And I managed to get that remedy to their potencies from Israel. It's on the shelf behind me. So basically this is where I am at this particular point. I'm not a veterinarian anymore, obviously. If you want to classify it as a classical constitutional homeopath and I treat animals and people. And my first love honestly has always been animals and maybe I shouldn't say this, but Honestly, Karen, I'd rather live with the animals than I would with humans, to be perfectly frank about it, okay? I treat the humans and the babies and the children, but uh, my first love is always the animals. And uh, growing up, my idol was Tarzan, to be honest with you. <laughs> well, you could probably figure that out, okay? <laughs> I mean, I love watching this guy swing on the vines and, and the movies and the TV and everything else and dropping down and preventing the hunters from killing the animals. And honestly, having a beautiful half-naked woman swimming with her, swimming with her, was 
ice cream on my cake, to be perfectly frank sure. about it. And maybe I shouldn't have said that, but I did anyhow. But uh, I, again, the animals have always been my passion. And yeah. depending on what happens in the country here, maybe the next year or two, I want to move further north in Idaho, maybe get myself a ranch farm and bring horses up and rescue other animals and live out in the country with the animals while I have a local and, and long distance practice treating both the animals and the people. So this is basically uh, 57 years condensed in a few minutes to be perfectly frank about it. Actually, I think you did really well. For summarizing your life in about 10 minutes, I actually think you did, I think you were quite concise. One question throughout kind of the, the through line of your life is that you have appeared to not be phased by ridicule, challenge, lawsuits, slander, judgment. Talk a little bit about were you born letting all of this run off or have you developed a coping mechanism through your career of focusing on the goal of curing and treating your patients and just you just tune out the riffraff how have you been able to get through 57 years of attacks and not have it affect you you're just focused on the end game well yes and and no i mean i've done a not just veterinary medicine and homeopathy. I've done a lot of work on myself personally and obviously professionally, which I'm not gonna go down that road at this point. But there are a number of axioms that I've tried to live my life by. One, of course, is that knowledge is power. And that's why I'm always studying, always training, always reading everything else under the circumstances. Originating from New York, I don't know if you know about New York people, but we are pretty, um, tough, strong, antagonistic, whatever you want to call it. I mean, we will get in your face without any particular problem. The other thing that, that I decided very early on was that nothing was going to stop me from being a veterinarian, and it never did, but I was, was bound and determined not to be dominated, controlled, manipulated, enslaved, to be made an effect that I didn't agree with, to be mm. very frank about it, okay? And I don't want to get too personal, but, you know, having an alcoholic abuse of father in your life and, and, the, and the problems that develop in a child dealing with an individual like that, it, it made me tough. And I, and I have to say, the more he came against me, the more he did his abuse, whatever it is, the tougher and stronger I became. Yeah. My two sisters and brothers didn't. They capitulated to him. But... Man, I came back at him time after time after time. And finally, around 17 or so, I said, that's it. I mean, you yeah. are not going to suppress me or cause me to do whatever I want under the circumstances. And, and then he backed off, to be perfectly mm -hmm. frank about it. I mean, there's, I, I mean, everybody, including me, has made their own personal and professional mistakes. And I've tried to learn from that and, and not repeat it under the circumstances. And I don't go out of my way to alienate people or anything of that nature. I do depend on humans, obviously, to bring their animals, their babies, their children, and themselves to me. But but I'm not a person, I'm not a people person, Karen. I mean, yeah. you, you should see that. I'm an animal guy, to be honest with you. But I do have to, I do have to behave myself and develop a personality and an attitude <laughs> that that doesn't alienate too many humans sure because sure. i'm not going to get the animals and the people and the children to treat under the well circle. exactly yeah, so yeah i try to i try to do the best i can but 
but in answer to your question, I have learned to have a thick skin under the circumstances yeah. and I don't let anybody make an effect out of me that I don't want to. Well, and I, in, it's quite inspiring to, to see the adversity that you've been up against, especially legally and, and even professionally, you know, people are just going to not agree, but that has not stopped you from accomplishing your goals or your mission, which is really excellent. John, do you, what motivates you? You're clearly a perpetual learner. You're constantly learning. You're constantly evolving. You want to learn more. What do you love most about what you're doing now as a homeopath? What's most inspiring to you? When I can take a little white pellet that's been impregnated with a certain energy and give it to an animal or a child or a baby or even an adult, and I can see their chronic disease and the damage that's been done to the vital force, the immune system, the body reverse itself. It was, it's unbelievable, it's amazing. And I mean, if, if you have a few minutes, I'm gonna give you a classic example. When I first started in homeopathy, when I had my hospital on Long Island and I was a large animal vet, this was a big hospital that I, uh, that I built. And I walked into one of the exam rooms and there's this three pound female Yorkie laying on the exam table and the family is around crying and weeping and everything else. And I looked at this dog and I said to myself, what's a dead dog doing on my exam table? Okay. So my technician said, no, the dog is not dead. So the blink reflex was gone. And you know, that's indicative of death. I put a stethoscope on and maybe there was three or four beats per minute. Okay. On this little dog, you could hardly pick up the, um, breathing and of course what the dog had was severe pyometra septicemia because the pus had been absorbed back into the blood so there th th these people were pleading and begging with me to to treat this dog and i said i'm sorry but your pet is just about dead any minute it's going to go and if i try to do anything that's certainly going to push it over the edge anyhow they wouldn't let up on me so i said okay i'll give it a shot now as you know in surgery use a general anesthesia and there was no way i was going to use anesthesia on this dog i mean the poor little thing was just about dead but i couldn't operate on a dog without giving something because that bothered the living daylights out of me okay so yeah. we got for surgery put her in the operating room and i took lidocaine and i infiltrated along the incision line and i opened the dog up and this uterus was the size of sausage, to be honest with you, filled with so much pus. So I removed it, closed the little one back up. She was on an IV drip. I put her, we put her in the cage. She was on a heating pad. And I said, wasted effort and time and energy and money on the owner's part. But I had just gotten started in homeopathy and I had read about a particular remedy called Cabo Vegetalis. It's a remedy made from burning of vegetables. And as I said, I just started, looked it up in the books, didn't know for sure what I was doing. I said, what, cho what, what, what choice do I have but to try this? And it has been known to revive a life form that was close to death. So I put a little low potency in this little dog's mouth under the lip fold. And when it went about doing some exams and everything else, and about a half hour later, I went, went into the kennel to look at it, expecting the dog to be dry, dead. And there's this little thing standing up, weaving back and forth like a drunk sailor. And she lived for another three years, Karen. Mm -hmm. I mean, if anything needed to 
put an yeah. impression upon me about homeopathy mm -hmm. and what it can do with disease and life. That was it from that point on. Even my staff couldn't believe this little thing. And of course, yeah. as far as the owners are concerned, I was a god walking on water, which was yeah. not the case. I mean, I got pretty lucky uh, yeah. looking at this remedy and giving it to her. And this little thing had a, had a will and a spirit to live that you couldn't believe. And that and you know, question. Well, and it's interesting. My first experience with homeopathy was also surrounding carboveg. And I had a little, I did wildlife rehab as a 14 year old. And I had um, a wildlife rehabilitation mentor who had the highest success rate in North America for saving wildlife. Her name was Barbara Harvey. And she used exclusively homeopathy to treat wildlife. But I didn't even, I couldn't say the word homeopathy. And I certainly didn't know what it was. But I called her and I said, Barbara, I had a little killer that was unconscious. And I said, he's, he's just almost dead, but not quite. But he's, you know, he was, he was laterally recumbent. He was unconscious, barely breathing. She said, just dissolve one carbo veg and put one drop on his tongue. And I had the exact same experience. I, I did it and I held him and I thought, oh, this isn't working. And about 90 seconds later, his little head came up and he stood up and I was like, oh my gosh, unless you experience that, of course, you're going to say homeopathy is wizard water and doesn't work. But I think unless you have that life-changing experience, it's pretty hard to wrap your, or, or really understand quantum physics. It's really hard to wrap your brain around how and why homeopathy works, unless you've had it a one-on-one -on -one experience with it. So this brings me to my next question. If you could tell the world one thing about homeopathy, what would it be? That whether you understand it, whether it resonates with what you believe or don't believe, there's nothing on the planet energetic wise, as far as healing is concerned with except for homeopathy. I mean, in my career, I've treated thousands of animals that walk, fly, swim and crawl beyond what I can count wildlife. I had a young puma mountain lion in Florida that I treated. I treated whales when I was on Long Island, sea turtles, porpoises, all using homeopathy. And I could, I mean, even you, we could spend hours and hours telling people stories about the use of homeopathy with uh, animals and certainly now me, me with children and, and uh, uh, adults. But, and as you said, unless you see it in your before your eyes and experience it, it's kind of hard to put into words what homeopathy can do under the circumstances. No, it doesn't raise the dead. And yes, conventional medicine for both people and animals does have its, uh, its benefits under the circumstances, but to treat chronic disease that conventional medicine is largely responsible for creating in life forms, there's nothing like it on homeo uh, like homeopathy. And all the homeopaths I've worked with, uh, time and again, they told me that, you know, John, it'll take you about 10 years, and they're correct, before you finally get comfortable and experienced enough in using homeopathy and making a, a, a significant difference on the, the patients that you treat, whether they have two legs or four legs. Mm -hmm. So as far as people change, uh, uh, going into homeopathy or uh, learning about it, I'm all for it. And, and what I'm finding day after day, I'm sure you are too, is more and more people are uh, turning to it, whether they use the combinations, which is not really homeopathy, or they buy the boron tubes at the health food store and they treat themselves acutely, that's fine and dandy. I mean, 
it just can give so many options and doesn't, even if you're not successful using homeopathy, you don't cause that patient to be worse than what exactly. they are. Exactly, exactly. Okay? Above all, do no harm, right? Above all, do no harm. Above all, do no harm, okay? The failure is you don't get a response positively, but you don't make them worse under the circumstances. And you cannot say that about conventional medicine, as you know. And of course, homeopathy is being attacked all over the planet, although there are areas where it is more readily accepted. I mean, Jeremy Sher has done wonders in Africa in having homeopathy accepted now, and there's hospitals and clinics there where they won't even allow conventional medicine to treat the AIDS and HIV. They want homeopathy because they see it's so successful and saving lives and giving people back their health. Health. And, you know, even in veterinary medicine, uh, I did my internship at the Berlin Zoo in Germany, and it was Dr. Reinhard Goldenbach, who was the head veterinarian. It was totally normal for him to use Arnica surgically. They just incorporate, he had a home homeopathic pharmacy. He had complete pharmaceutical pharmacy as well, but it was totally natural for him to start with with homeopathy or use a blended protocol. And it just was so, so many veterinarians and doctors around the world can integrate homeopathy into their practice with no argument, no uproar, no legal battles, no one throwing stones about what type of medicine are you doing? It is a little shocking that in this country, there's such a profound, found roadblock with with homeopathy but i do love john that you have let go of the arguments you're not interested in arguing you're not interested you don't care necessarily what people think or say you know in your heart what you have seen and you know the people that you are helping and selfishly the animals you're helping which is of course my focus and passion and you're just moving forward in your truth helping those people that are reaching out to you that are desperate for improvement. And for that, I love the fact that Kara nominated you for a Game Changer Award. You're living and walking your truth and you're providing a resource, a light, an opportunity for the people around you that desperately are looking for an improvement in their well-being using a non-toxic modality. And that is exactly what you're offering the entire animal kingdom. And I love that. Oh, thank you very much. I'm Honestly, I don't have the greatest personality in the world, and I'm well aware of that under the circumstances, and I have to work on being nice, to be perfectly frank about it. <laughs> but you're right about the, the veterinary medicine or conventional medicine under the circumstances, and unfortunately, particularly in this country, as far as I'm concerned, the holistic homeopathic approach should be the first done to any patient. And if that doesn't work and secure the, the treatment protocol, then you go to conventional medicine. But unfortunately, in this country, even with veterinarians, too many times they'll go to conventional medicine. And then if that doesn't work because they screw it up for the most part and cause more damage, then let's do homeopathy or herbs or acupuncture or something of that particular nature. And as far as I'm concerned, that's not the way it's going to be. And obviously, I'm never going to retire, to be perfectly frank about it. I mean, as long as this body holds up. I'll continue to do what I'm doing. And I'm up here in Idaho. I enjoy it. This is a real free state under the circumstances. And so far, I have not been challenged or, or threatened in any way, shape or form. That could change, but I doubt it. So, John, if people wanted to get a hold of you, good people, kind people, not hecklers. <laughs> and willing if to put up with my personality, okay? Yeah. If people, are, if people would like or wanted more information or interested to learn more, where would they go to find you? 
Well, is that my website is the affinityholisticclinic.com and it's I've got a lot of articles for animals and people and that's a good starting point. And of course, um, I have a professional um, Facebook page where I post an awful lot of articles, Affinity Holistic Clinic. And then my office email is affinityclinic uh, at yahoo.com. And my phone number, which I brought up from Florida, is 727-446-3603. I mean, people can contact me, call me. If they have questions, I'd be glad to help them and advise them in any way, shape, or form, including possibly conventional medicine. Well, I am so thankful that Kara took the time to nominate you. I am so glad that you are walking in your truth and you are unscathed. Well, maybe not unscathed, but you are doing it anyway, despite the hardships that you have, the trials and tribulations in life that life will dealt you and potentially could continue to. You are focusing on using non-toxic modalities to help your patients recover, heal, or prevent disease from occurring. And for that, I love and I'm very thankful for what you're doing. Thank you so much, John, for joining me today. Thank you very much. Again, pleasure meeting you. And thank you for having me on this interview. Have a great day, Carol.